Me and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this Wednesday, July 13th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by Brown Funeral Homes and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, family-owned full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Spencer Dupuy, Colin McLaughlin, and Avery Newport, happy to have you with us. We joined here at about uh, eight or so minutes by the head coach, the manager for the Berkeley Post 14 Hornets, Trip Tobin. They are on seven. Seven game win streak now. Yeah, a seven game win streak. Seven game win streak. As they got a big victory last night over some tough competition at P.O. Faulkner Park, uh, getting a five to two. No, no, that's wrong. Twelve to two. Win. It's twelve to two because it was. You were there. I know I was there, but it was <laughs> my head for some reason. Are you distracted was, here, Spencer? What's going on? Yes, I was distracted a little bit trying <laughs> to get everything. The uh, Bedford, PA Post one thirteen Hurricanes came in. They put up two runs in the first. And uh, that was it, as Berkeley Post-14 just uh, finally got things going. One in the second to um, put the deficit at one, and then in the fourth, fifth, and then the sixth run or sixth inning game because of the run rule, adding seven in the bottom of the sixth inning to make the final score 12-2 to two with 11 hits on the night, uh, giving up just three. And uh, great night for Jason Myers on the mound after he settled in. Yeah, this team just really continues to dominate uh, pitching-wise and hitting-wise. A fantastic night last night, as you already mentioned, uh, 12 runs. And it's coming from different guys every single night. Last night, Ruesta, four RBI night, a great game for him. And uh, the pitching, as you mentioned, Jason Myers, who we only saw go in eight and a third all season long, goes and pitches six full innings. And after that rough first inning where he had 29 pitches, gave up three walks, a hit, and two runs, he was lights out after that. Yeah, he so only this gave team up continues two more to walks, groove, two more hits the rest of the way. Especially against a uh, team that we, on paper at least, expected to be very competitive with uh, Berkeley Post 14. They dominated. Yeah, I was a little surprised really at the result. I mean, this was a 10-run, run-ruled uh, run game in a team that had only lost four games all year in this Bedford team. I was very surprised that um, it was not closer. And really after that 2-0 start for them where Myers put a couple of guys on, really just was struggling to find the strike zone, after that it was all Hornets. Literally from that point on, they just couldn't be stopped. Their offense, I mean, it seemed like every batter was getting an extra base hit and was knocking somebody else in. So... Yeah, really surprising that um, this game wasn't as close as it might have, as it probably could have been. Um, maybe this Bedford team was missing some of their guys. Or That's I don't what know. I was they thinking were, but because yeah. they only had 12, 11 guys there yesterday, maybe thirteen. But and they, they still got had an eighteen a lot of key man contributors roster. that were there. Yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, there's something to be said. I think for chemistry, if you lose a couple of your guys, maybe the other guys are not. Um, equipped to step in their role quite you know quite yet or you know I, I think there might be something to say for if you're missing a couple guys it might just kind of put you in a in a weird kind of headspace and might not get you ready for the game and maybe that yeah, was post 14 was as well 
That's true. That's true. But again, they, you know. You're at this level that even if you're missing guys, you should have the depth to be fine. Yeah. But, you know, maybe this Bedford team just doesn't have the depth that uh, Post 14 has. I mean, we've seen it all year. That's what we saw, yeah. Yeah, the Hornets have a number of guys on their bench that they can call on at any point. You saw uh, Jackson West have a great game yesterday after not really. You know, he's not been the guy that they've relied on this year to score runs and to get hits. And, um, you know, he was arguably the best player in last night's game. He had four runs batted in. So, you know, I think there's something to be said for for having depth. And maybe the Bedford team relies a little bit more on some of their best guys. They're a little more top-heavy than than post-14 is. Well, and not to mention post-14, they did, uh, you know, 5 o'clock, an hour before the game, they – they had less players than they did by the time the game ended as guys were able to make it back from, I believe, college visits and uh, just getting there late. And uh, Colin Reed got there, I want to say, at 6.30, and he got in the game in the bottom of the sixth inning and uh, got on base, I believe, had an RBI. Yeah. Well, I think also maybe they're, the the fact that this game was a late addition might have kind of thrown some teams off, thrown the teams off a little bit. You know, Tripp told us that, there's a schedule change last week, and so maybe Bedford just didn't have the time to prepare for uh, for the Hornets that they uh, would have had otherwise if this game was was scheduled a little bit further in advance. Yeah, definitely, and then they'll be back in action tonight. Potomac Valley Post 64, 6 p.m. We'll have the action for you on radio TV and WRNR TV on YouTube, 6 p.m. Uh, they faced Potomac Valley the game before you guys had that broadcast on Sunday able to see a little bit probably of that ending with post 14 getting an eight nothing victory Caleb Edwards will be on the mound tonight uh, for the Hornets and uh, there's a change in the schedule and that change in the schedule we will uh, tell you when we have Trip Tobin on the show after this two minute break segment sponsored apart by Parsons Ford Ken Parsons Ford in Martinsburg we became number one by making you number one first go to ParsonsFord.com for more again two minute break and then Trip Tobin will join us to uh, break down last night's game and preview tonight and it's new opponent on Friday there's a new wind blowing like I've never known I'm breathing with four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords. Financing from 0%. Parsons' goal of financing for all. And Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. Panhandle Printing and Design is your full-service local print shop. With over 50 years of combined experience, we know how to handle all of your printing and design needs. We can handle anything, from small business cards to wrapping large vehicles. Our in-house design team can do it all. As a staple of this community, we love helping people promote their events, businesses, and anything they're passionate about. Envision, create, and bring your ideas to life with Panhandle Printing and Design. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire. Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. 
awaits the return of Star Wars Day. Get here in less than 12 parsecs on Saturday, July 16th to make sure you have a Juan Solo bobblehead to smuggle home. There's fun for every princess and scruffy-looking nerf herder all over the ballpark, not so far away. So show up and dress up for Star Wars Day. Get tickets in your tractor beam now at nationals.com slash tickets. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back into this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Colin, and Avery hanging out with you. Nick on vacation up in Cape Cod today. He made his way to the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame sent us some uh, interesting pictures from there. Uh, but now we're joined on the phone by manager for the Berkeley Post-14 Hornets, the seven straight victories Hornets, as they've won now seven in a row. That's Trip Tobin. How you doing today, manager Tobin? I'm doing it. <laughs> you guys got a big win last night over what we thought on paper was going to be a, a very tough game that could have potentially gone into extras, but a 12-2 victory over Bedford, PA, post-113, a late addition to the schedule, and your guys came to play last night. Oh, yeah. They, um, they're ready to play. I mean, they certainly enjoyed playing that game as opposed to our regular Tuesday practice. And, um, <clears throat> you know, we got some guys in, and uh, we were shorthanded a little bit. But, um, you know, we're, we're, pretty, uh, we're pretty deep, as you guys know. So, you know, some other guys stepped up, as they have been throughout these vacations, and we're in kind of a – like I said, the second chapter of the season, so we need to get uh, every one of our uh, our links strong as possible. So there's no weak links, and uh, it's a tough to get into the playoff schedule where you have to play day after day after day. You're going to need everybody uh, healthy and and uh, and hit it in the right direction. And feeling pretty good at the moment. Let's start off with pitching. Jason Myers in the first went, I think, 28 or 29 pitches. At one point, he had three walks, already given up the two runs. And I mentioned on the broadcast that I thought he was possibly going to get taken out there in the first with how he was struggling. And right after that, I don't know what uh, you guys told him, but he was lights out the rest of the game. What did you think of his performance? Well, certainly he he definitely rebounded. You know, I think sometimes – we want to forget that uh, Jason Myers is just a you know a year removed from his sophomore high school season, and he's out there pitching against you know high level uh, baseball teams in Bedford and and uh, playing against some some really good competition, and he's still got two more years of high school left in him. So, you know he puts on a <clears throat> he's a he's a tremendous baseball player with great uh, abilities, and uh, he was a little sore coming off the regular season. Sam, you know, as a manager. As a manager who wants to win and wants the kids out there and be selfish, you know it gets frustrating that these that uh, I don't get the I don't get the thumbs up from Sam and the kids that get out there and throw. But uh, we also knew we wanted him healthy, you know, come playoff time. And last night, uh, Sam and I discussed, and of course Jason about uh, trying to get out there 75, 80 pitches, see how he felt. And uh, every every inning, he's just said he's getting stronger. I think he just needed to get back out there. I think the first inning was certainly just some rust, uh, maybe a little bit of nerves. I haven't been out there in a while. His legs were a little jelloed, so that kind of tells you there was a little bit of angst, anxiety going on there. But uh, he knew he was facing the big team. He knew it was uh, he hadn't been on the mound much, and he had a lot to prove. And um, 
he he kind of took the team on his shoulders after that, and he did what uh, did what we thought he would do. So you know, hats off to him for fighting through the adversity. Um, we were going to leave him in and um, and and let him fight through it. So you know, unless it got really ugly and he just couldn't compete any longer, or there was arms for us, we were going to give him an opportunity to rebound, and he certainly did it in a big way. So hats off to him, and we're just glad that uh, he's got some of that confidence back, some of that swagger back, and that arm and, and body's healed up and he's ready to get into the postseason trip your offense was great last night too after you guys got down uh two nothing <clears throat> early on to begin the game the bats really woke up you got especially great performance at the plate there from jackson Ruest. uh did you expect your offense to um to explode the way they did and and it resulted in a sixth run six run six inning and a run rule victory for you guys you know, look at, I mean, when you look at the box score, I mean, it was a, what, three to two going into the fourth, five to two going into the sixth, and then they just, you know, they, they jumped on that uh, last two pitchers there. I mean, Bedford threw the ball hard. Uh, the runs, the, the five runs that we came, that we got across the plate in the first four innings were hard runs to come by. They played pretty well. We had to, uh, you know, steal some bases, move some runners, situational hit. Ruess did a really nice job. You know, I, I, he got the, the base clearing triple. But I'm really proud of the two-strike, you know, one-out swing where he just pulled the ball to the left side, got the run in. That was just some great situational hitting. And then from there, you know, he had some quality at-bats. But, um, you know, that Bedford team, when you look at their one, two, three guys, uh, they're going to be really, really hard to beat in their section. Um, they came in with a little different uh, approach to the game. You know, they're going to start their area – or, excuse me, their district. They've won their area – their district tournament on um, – I think Saturday or Sunday, so they didn't want to burn anybody up. We were a little bit different. We wanted to run Myers out there, and we wanted to run some guys out there that uh, needed some at bats, you know, get them ready. So both were kind of prepping for the postseason, a little different ways. But uh, I think if you see their one or two pitcher on the mound, you know, for six or seven innings like we did with with Jason, then you're going to see a, you know, a six-five, five-four ball game, you know, down to the wire. But um, you know that uh, the last guy threw the ball hard. The little pocket radars it was, it was showing 89, 90, 91 at times. Uh, he just couldn't find a strike zone. Our guys were patient, and I thought we um, we did a really good job handling the bat, bunting. Uh, you know, I'll give us a 50 percent there. We got two of the four down. We tried to lay down two really good bunts and then two really bad attempts. So um, base running was great. And uh, the approach at the plate is just uh, something that they're really, uh, you know, buying into. And your six, seven, eight guys in the lineup, at least last night, in Stoudemire, Ruest, and Herndon combined for six hits, eight RBIs, and two walks. What does that say about those guys? I mean, we talk about this being an EPAC all-star team, but that bottom of your lineup there able to, you know, combine for all of that and – not necessarily yeah, have the top of your lineup have to do everything or the you know the four three four five guys have to do everything when you can go to the bottom of your lineup and have that what does that say about those guys i mean those those guys are one two three guys on their team you know throughout the season so you know chase you know you start with chase Herndon. i mean he led off all year long for spring mills you know he batted 500 i mean let's face it he could he could lead off here you know, any game, and nobody would bat an eye if he was leading off for us. Um, we just moved him up and down the lineup. He had a lot of pressure on him all year long to to produce, to carry his team. We just wanted him to know that he's on a team, 
you know, full of guys that can get it done and moving up and down the lineup. Uh, you see some fastballs down there. Uh, he had kind of gotten his own head there a little bit midseason, and now he's got his stroke back and confidence back. And um, as far as Ruess goes, I mean, Ruess batted fourth for us up at the at Kingwood. I mean, he can go up and down the lineup as well. I looked last night. He's six for his last 11. I mean, he, he's just really on a heater and uh, seeing the ball well, bunting, hitting the ball, you know, situational hitting. He's just a very quality at bat. Um, you know, Stoudemire with his speed and his ability to hit the ball in the gap and steal bases, all those guys could easily be one, two, three. We could invert that lineup. Um, but, you know, you got Bailey and, and Moore and those guys that hit the top and Canby, and it's just a great lineup. Um, it's just really no – wrong choices there you just try to put them in place where they can be successful and uh, last night those three were successful and the rest of the guys got on base and they drove them in back in action tonight against potomac valley who and what can we expect to see from your team oh caleb ever's going to throw you know tonight and um you know uh rising weber will be back um I assume Baden Hartman will still be over to the the camp, the base, the football camp. So he probably won't be around. Sifford will be back in the lineup. He worked last night, and he'll give Brock and the day off behind the plate. So um, you know, look for um, a pitcher catcher uh, from Martinsburg to hook up tonight to Sifford and and uh, Edwards. We look for the more the same out of Edwards. We're going to try to you know go in there and let him go as far as he can. And we're back. We're in a group now where we're throwing guys. You know. 70, 80, 90 pitches, five, six innings if they can go the distance and then give them their rest like they did through the high school season. And, um, you know, we just like to get uh, like to get Bubs back going. You know, he, he got hit by a pitch a couple times last night, got the bat taken out of his hand and wasn't able to get any barrel, any balls up. So he's looking to, uh, he's looking to come out of his little bit of a, I wouldn't say slump because his own base percentage is phenomenal, but just hasn't seen a lot of good pitches to hit. So hopefully we can get him moving and just build off, you know, Chase and Herndon and Cam and those guys uh, continue to get good quality at bats and and, um, just continue to push this thing towards the postseason. Tripp, you've recently announced a change in your upcoming schedule. Could you tell our listeners what that change is and uh, why you decided to make it? Well, Kingwood – we're supposed to go there on Friday night, and uh, Kingwood got beat pretty handily by uh, by us and um, uh, Post, uh, excuse me, Potomac there on Sunday, and they had some uh, internal issues, so they weren't able to play Friday night. Um, so we're, we were going to stop in Kingwood, play there, then drive up to Morgantown, stay the night, and then take the other 45 minutes or hour of the trip up to Wheeling on Saturday. Um, it looks like Post, uh, excuse me, Morgantown's Friday night game got canceled, so. Kingwood canceled on us, and Morgantown's Friday night game canceled on them. So uh, called their coach and I got together and said, hey, let's just uh, play each other. It worked out great. They're going to be quality competition. They're going to be a state uh, contender, and Wheeling will probably be a state contender. So we will get to see, you know, some of the competition. Should we uh, should we make the state tournament, we'll see some of the competition this weekend and maybe get our eyes on those guys. So, um Friday night, we'll take the boys, uh, leave here 2 or 3 o'clock tomorrow or Friday afternoon, go out and play a game in Morgantown, get in the motel and get a meal and get up and eat breakfast together, run up the wheeling, play a doubleheader, come back, stay in that motel room, and uh, we'll probably have a, a, a team meal there that evening. And then Sunday, we'll, we'll head back home and, and um, get ready for the playoffs. And talk about getting ready for the playoffs. This wheeling team that you're going to play, 
uh, come Saturday, it looks like they're a, they're a pretty good team as well. Yeah, I talked to Coach Bruno up there. He's uh, he's excited about seeing us come up. I mean, he's got to beat the uh, Parkersburg team to get out of his area and file into being in Clarksburg, I believe. Um, so, But he's looking to be uh, certainly one of the top favorites out of that area, and, and he's excited to see us come up. I think you'll see both teams, Morgantown and Wheeling, and ourselves, you know, 40 pitch a lot of kids so that we don't burn anybody up for our area tournaments but it'll be and that's good because we'll get to see a lot of their guys a lot of their arms they'll get to see ours unfortunately but that's what we'll have to do uh to make sure that our guys get quality bats and reps and we just don't sit around on our hunches while we're uh, you know waiting on the area tournament to start you have to play uh probably more than likely could have been a little better uh, set up if we'd have played out of state you know but that's uh, not how it worked out so we'll go up there and show them guys who we are and uh, do the best we can to represent, you know, the Panhandle up in the Northern Panhandle this weekend. Last week of the regular season, as we've already mentioned here, trip and a pretty successful one so far. How is this team compared to previous uh, teams in previous seasons? Yeah, um, you know, last year we had uh, a couple, we had Josh Rush and, and Kyle West, um, and I, I thought it was one of the better teams. I mean, each year it's a little bit different. I mean, these guys are a little more of a of a station to station, you know, double, you know, uh, you know, they're, they're they'll replace each other on second base with doubles and steal bases. Um, you know, the years past we had some long ball guys. You know, um, this year we get a, we get a home run here and there. We have home run power in the lineup. But I think this year is the depth in pitching and the depth at the, each position, the, the replaceable parts that we have, so that if one guy's not here, I think it's going to make a huge difference in the playoffs because, you know, um, we are just not, you know, one-trick or two-trick pony. If we lose a, a starter on the mound, you know, he has a bad day, we got some guys behind, it's not going to be the end of the day. If we lose, fortunately, lose a shortstop or something, we've got a couple guys. So I think this is the deepest team we've had um, in a long time. Um you know, the 2019 team with the Lauder and Weaver and all those guys were a really good team, but unfortunately they all couldn't be there at the same time. So I think as far as buying in and the depth of the lineups and, uh, and the goal, the, you know, the central goal this year is this is probably one of the most uh, unified team in their goals and what they want to accomplish and, and the, certainly one of the, the deepest teams we've had and some of the best pitching we've had. Trip Tobin, manager of the Berkeley Post 14 Hornets, our guest, and we'll see you tonight for that Potomac Valley game. Hey, I want to say a big shout out to Nevin Kilmore and those guys at Little League. They're out there busting their butts. Congratulations to Jefferson Junior League and Martinsburg Junior League for moving on. And I think they're heading to Lewisburg to represent the state. And we got the 11 year old. We got a lot of good uh, young men here at the, that level is going to represent this uh, area. And it just takes a lot of volunteers. They don't get paid a penny to do that. And I think you guys are going to see next week during that state tournament how much work it takes to put that on. And not one penny is put in anybody's pockets for that. It's all volunteer work. And so just hats off to all those guys, all those guys that umpire and work on the field and getting Hedgesville's little, or Junior League field working. And I know there's a lot of work going into Oatsdale's field this week and a lot of un, unsung heroes out there. So my hats are off to those guys as well to um, – to give those guys such a great summer memories. Yeah, definitely, and thanks for the time, Trip. We'll have Nevin Kilmer on the show tomorrow. We'll see you tonight. Oh, finally. All right, get to hear him. Thank you. <laughs> 
That was Trip Tobin, manager of the Berkeley Post 14 Hornets. Yeah, Nevin Kilmer on the show tomorrow to preview this Little League State tournament that his district is holding. So he is the, uh, I guess, overseer of the tournament, the director of the tournament, you'd say, as his district is holding the state tournament this year for the 10- to 12-year-old All-Stars, which would go eventually to Williamsport, Pennsylvania for the Little League World Series. Well, that, first, that's they'd the, have to get yeah, through the, the region, style, that, but that's but the tournament. Yes, that uh, is because the age group. That's the age group I've learned a lot, like not knowing these off the top of my head recently that, uh, you know, these junior league, there's not actually much for them to do after they get to states. I think there might be a, like a regional, but there's not like the Little League World Series. It's not that Correct, yeah. same kind of organization. So that's just, this is a this is the kind of one that uh, gets the most publicity, I guess I would say. But congrats to those teams for winning there in the junior league. And uh, we'll have Nevin Kilmer on the show tomorrow to discuss the 10- to 12-year-old state tournament. And uh, festivities get underway tomorrow night at Oatsdale Park. Not the games, but festivities. That'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living, and his family owned and operated and located at 360 Hack Wilson Way right here in Martinsburg. Go to Orsini's.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll get into a lot of different major league sports stuff. Uh, DC United new head coach Dan Snyder and the House and Oversight breaking Committee. breaking baseball news Yeah, we'll, we'll get into too. all that as well after this two-minute break. You're tuned to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Hate on us. Niggas be envious. I know why they hating on us. Could have so fabulous. Hi, I'm Annette McDonald, and I am the designer at Orsini's in Martinsburg, West Virginia. We welcome you into our store to show you a complete line of what we do here. We design your cabinetry, quartz countertops, granite countertops, hardware, anything for the full remodel of your kitchen and your home needs. We also do bathrooms, and we have flooring available, too. We make sure that your project with Orsini's is the best in the market. Welcome to Orsini's. Orsini's.com. Do you need a place to go for a quick tobacco, soda, snacks, cigarettes, or beer run? Well, then you're in luck, because Enter and Exit has convenience without the cost. Enter and Exit, right off Route 11, is located at 31 Meadow Lane in Martinsburg and soon to be opening in Chambersburg, PA. Enter and Exit is open Monday through Saturday from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. and Sundays from 9.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. For great convenience without the cost, stop on into Enter and Exit today. I'm Matthew Foldy, and I approve this message. Paid for by Matthew Foldy for Congress. This is Governor Larry Hogan. One-party government in Washington is hurting Americans across the country. Inflation is out of control. Crime is on the rise. People are fed up. That's why it's essential that we elect strong, common-sense conservatives to Congress. Conservatives like Matthew Foldy. Matthew Foldy represents a new generation of conservative leadership. He fought with us to take on the one-party monopoly in Annapolis, and I trust him to hold the career Washington politicians accountable. Matthew Foldy gets results. As a conservative investigative reporter, he exposed corruption across the federal government. He will bring honesty and integrity to Washington while making sure our voice is heard. So please join me in supporting Matthew Foldy for Congress in Maryland's 6th Congressional District. Early voting runs from July 7th to July 14th, and Election Day is July 19th. Learn more at www.matthewfoldy.com. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10.
Welcome back to this Wednesday, July 13th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick. <laughs> Uh, you're on hot streaks. I think, it, I think it's this third segment. About you too. I think this third oh, segment. Man. I think this third segment does it. Um, it's also the you third. hadn't done it either one. Today. All right, Spencer, Colin, and Avery, happy there to have you, you with us. Uh, I think it's because this April 13th is a day for Nick and I to remember. Last year we moved into Martinsburg. Our lease started. Hey, Spencer. July 13th. Hate to break it to you. It's July, not April. That's why I meant July. I'm getting all my days. <laughs> July 13th, 2021, our lease it's started. This segment just gets you all out of whack. It Something does. About it really it. does, because it's the 1230 segment, but it starts at 1236. I don't know. We had uh, a good talk with Trip. You know, that's... Yeah, that's always a good that. talk yeah. with Trip. We'll see him later tonight. Uh, but yeah, a year ago today, Nick and I moved into our apartment. Now here we are. You want to share later. where that is? No, just kidding. <laughs> it's, uh, number yeah, so five 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 four zero one two. But uh, let's get into some other news. The House Committee has the House Oversight Committee has accepted Commander's owner Dan Snyder's offer to testify, but only under subpoena. Apparently, he was voluntarily he's was voluntarily testifying as his attorney has requested, but under the subpoena believe the subpoena outlines what he is being wanted to testify for but he's voluntarily testifying not or his the letter submitted said he was voluntarily testifying and could would not speak on these subjects which were in the subpoena so then what is he testifying about i don't know what is he saying then that's kind of the whole point of the subpoena but i believe the date is set what will probably happen is the democrats ignore that and ask him those questions you mean the republicans answer them and the republicans will ask him whatever they want yeah or just like i don't even know then that what that kind of defeats the whole purpose of it doesn't it it really does i feel like that yeah yeah because then why is he even there if he's not gonna (laughs) <laughs> and this whole thing is about all these allegations of a toxic workplace culture and financial misconduct and whatever. And if he's not going to testify about any of that other stuff, then why is he his there? Favorite food? He will testify virtually on July 28th, a day after Commander's training camp will open. Uh, what do you think his favorite food is? They should something ask him really, Maybe I really, can submit uh, questions. I will contact. Something really, really expensive. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really care, honestly. Well, we we <laughs> should contact the congressman to see if we can get that question submitted. Yeah, okay. I Just know, to say we did something. Um, yeah. I believe he is currently, or his boat, his yacht, his multi-million dollar, billion dollar yacht. I don't yacht. care about that. It, that's the other question. Is he still virtual? Yes. Okay. His yacht, as of yesterday, was off the coast of Stromboli Island. There you Maybe go. Maybe that's, that's his favorite, favorite food. food. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. But then one of his two jets, uh, that remember we talked about his jet, I believe last week it was it was flying out to Italy. Yes. Uh, this was tweeted yesterday from Dan, at Dan Snyder's Yacht on Twitter, which is a, f- uh, you know, a meme account that somebody has done. Uh, Snyder's second jet flew from Chattanooga to Dulles today, joining Dan's primary jet already at Dulles after returning from Italy on Saturday. Remember, Dan owns two jets. Next, next time he asks for stadium subs- subsidiaries, uh, team execs also use those jets. So we don't know what they were doing in Chattanooga, if that was him or his family or whatever. But uh, yeah, that's an update on Dan Snyder that nobody at. Uh, we'll see July twenty eighth what happens. Well, he's owning three jets because he's turning Washington's franchise into 
the New York Jets as, <laughs> as a right. total mess of an organization. All right, but obviously he won't. He's the House Oversight Committee says we're accepting. They're going to accept it to talk on a subpoena. His lawyer says, or his attorney says, he's not going to talk on the subpoena. So this is just going to be the same thing with Roger Goodell, most likely, but less than that. I feel like Goodell would probably say more, though. Goodell did say a little bit more, yeah. but I'm saying Dan Snyder's going to be less than whatever Goodell said. I just I don't understand get, why he's going to go. He's going to get he's going to get questions from the Republicans about uh, why there's sewage in his. Uh, in his stadium and whatever all that they'll probably ask him about if there's a if there's a commander's fan there they'll probably ask him about key decisions he made probably ask him why the name changed probably ask him after (laughs) yeah yeah, after hey dan you said in 20 after 80 years of history hey dan you said in 2012 you weren't going to change the name and then in 2020 you changed the name oh we're trying to move forward as an organization well the real answer is happy thanksgiving uh, that's what the real answer answer is if you know you know you know I am not aware of. That uh, so when he introduced, uh, when he introduced Ron Rivera's head coach in what was it like the third of January or something, fourth of January of twenty twenty? Yeah, uh, he he came up and he said Happy Thanksgiving in January. <laughs> yeah, I think we all think he meant to say Happy New Year's, and he just he's socially awkward and he just said Happy Thanksgiving because it was on his mind. Then some people think that uh, he was thankful that Ron Rivera is the is his man. And that they're out of yeah, but that's the still a bad era. joke. I don't know. It, it's Dan Snyder. All right, let's yeah. talk about more important things in DC. Uh, Colin, you have stuff to speak on this. Wayne Rooney has been named the head coach for the DC United. That uh, are a few years ago they were very good, and now they're not good at all. Yeah, they kind of went downhill when uh, he left as a player for them. Yeah, because he, he, that you were in playoff contention when he came. I think it was a year or two. I can't remember how long it was exactly. He but played he really for DC turned United around from DC United during that time period as the uh, captain because he's one of the most, if not the best, uh, goal scorers in Europe. I think he leads in all of uh, England during his time at Everton, Manchester United. I loved him at Manchester United. He's been my favorite player growing up, so I was excited when he came to D.C., and now I'm very excited that he will be the coach. He spent time at Derby County there in England as a coach the past couple years after he retired from playing. He was a player coach, I think, for a year with them, but he turned around uh, that squad there in England, and I think he'll do so with D.C. United if he can get some players to follow him because that's been the big problem with DC United is they had Wayne Rooney as a player that was a star that had name recognition that people could really follow and now in my opinion at least following DC United the reason they've been struggling is because it's a bunch of nobodies and hopefully that changes. Yeah, I'm not really much of a soccer guy. I can't really contribute. But a have whole you lot heard the name guy. Wayne Rooney? Yes, I know who that is. Okay. Yeah, I know who it is too. I remember when yes. it was the biggest thing in the world. That even that what he was 33, 32 when they signed him in 2018. I believe he came yeah. to DC and he came off because I think he was in England and so he was coming into to Dulles and there was this whole photo op of him getting off. He took a regular flight from England to Dulles. Um, but yeah, that's uh, interesting news. We'll maybe keep track a little bit more of DC United with Wayne Rooney, the legend, uh, is now the manager for the team. I'm looking forward to it. 
So now we'll I'm up on. for still talking about them if they yeah. get better. We'll move on to NHL free agency news. That began at 12 p.m., and uh, we talked yesterday about the Caps losing their goaltender, well, voluntarily losing their goaltender, not offering an offer sheet. He became an unrestricted free agent uh, because the offer sheet would have required three to three and a half million per year, and they didn't want that as uh, as somebody uh, as their that money for a backup as somebody they viewed as a backup. Uh, yesterday, uh, GM Brian McClellan spoke to the media ahead of free agency, and he said along the lines of they want to go with a fresh start. So he wouldn't. There was kind of talk that he could come back on a lesser deal for a year to prove it as a backup Samsonoff, uh, that yes Samsonoff, but that's not happening uh then last night we talked a hypothetical on the show yesterday uh, about uh now names escaping me malkin malkin evgeny malkin who uh decided he was going to become a free agent from the penguins to come to the capitals uh but well, that was never. I thought that uh, was, that was hypothetical. That was yeah. a hypothetical. We were mostly yeah. joking because we yeah. knew with the cap space there was probably yeah. no chance. The twenty-third hour deal coming last night at around eleven p.m. Uh, with the Penguins to stay there for another four years, which probably ends his career in Pittsburgh. Which uh, pretty decent deal for both sides, considering he's an often often injured guy, as it appears. Um, but the Caps, Colin, did you say that they have now officially or Ilya Samsonov did sign somewhere? With Toronto is what I saw. Yeah, and then right I before s- the show. And then I see right uh, at twelve oh eight, Elliot Friedman reports Justin Schultz to Seattle, two years, three million ish. Uh, he was the Caps' third, uh, a third D, third line defenseman. So they've now lost. They now need a third pairing defenseman. I say start with goalies because that's I mean, your you biggest to, issue. You have no- none on the entire. Uh, AHL or NHL squad now. Yeah, no cap signing so far. Forty-five minutes into free agency, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of expecting them to sign somebody. They need yeah, you to can't expect somebody. Ovechkin to play goalie. So, <laughs> yeah, you can't. Uh, but we'll kind of keep you up with uh, the Caps over the next couple of days, depending on what happens. Um, the Blue Jays have fired their manager. They've relieved uh, relieved duties of Charlie Montoya. Uh, bench coach John Schneider is named interim manager. Uh, this, uh, as this is a breaking story, ten minutes ago, story basically, yeah. as the Blue Jays kind of have plummeted over the last few weeks. Yeah, they're they've been underwhelming this year. I think that's safe to say they came into this season with pretty high expectations to uh, two compete. and eight in their last uh, their last. Yeah, and they do team. hold they do hold the fourth spot in the AL East uh, as the fifth spot by the. Nine win Baltimore. Orioles. Yeah, you know, if the Orioles are wins. creeping closer to you in the ALE standings, then I think that's probably a good sign that your manager needs to be fired. You know, that <laughs> yeah. that probably can't well, they're happen. They're creeping on everybody, so it's all the ALE. Fair. I mean, they're only the a couple games back from Boston. They're, and not Tampa. Creep, they're not creeping on the Yankees. That's true. Well, no one's creeping on the Yankees. They're, Maybe they're, besides uh, Houston. But. Seventeen and a half games back. But anyway, I you know the, the the Jays had high expectations this year, and they've had some pretty good individual performances this year. Their pitching staff has looked pretty good. Uh, we've talked about Alec Manoa before. We've talked about um, you know his candidacy. He's an All Star this year. We also uh, Jose Barrios is another one of their pitchers who's had a, had a pretty good year. So they've they've had some good performances here and there, but the team just hasn't put it together. And uh, as Spencer said, they're two and eight in their last ten. They got swept by Seattle in their last series. So I think 
when you're underwhelming, uh, coming into a season where they w- had expectations to compete for a division title, typically the manager has to fall on that sword. And, um, you know, I think Montoya did a really good job of, of pulling that team out from the, the cellar of the AL East, you know, with the Orioles and uh, making them competitive after a couple of bad seasons. You know, he was he played a really significant role in developing a lot of their young guys like Vladdy Jr. and Manoa and those Alejandro Kirk, their catcher, who's an all-star this year. Uh, he played an important part in gelling all those guys together. But, um, you know, that honeymoon period is over. Like, now they're not just kind of a young team on the rise. They have expectations to win and win now. And uh, when you're not doing that, when you're in fourth place and when you're couple games out of a wild card spot i think that's um, they're in the wild card spot they're the third spot okay well anyway that's what surprises me they're still a wild card team above 500 yeah you're two and eight in the last 10 but you have so much promise on that team why are you making a change now before the all-star break unless you think it's going to light a spark in your team kind of like what happened with the phillies yeah it's happened before you know there have been times when uh you know, teams make a manager change midseason and they, you know, rally around the next guy yeah. that comes in. That's happened. So, but I, I think it's it's a necessary move. You know, when you're underwhelming like this, coming into your, into a year with such high expectations, it's uh, most likely the manager's fault. Most likely the manager's fault. I would tend to agree with you there. And that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix. Brought to you in part by Parsons, or Hagerstown Ford, excuse me. Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online, they'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll wrap things up. The NBA made a big announcement yesterday about the future of something they started a few years ago, and that's they're currently playing. We'll join that game in progress here in about 10 and a half minutes, but we'll keep you up to date on that after this two-minute break. You're tuning in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WR and RTV 10. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are, and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it, no questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. Hi, this is Caleb Wilkerson with Boats and Soaps Cleaning Services, a fully mobile, veteran-owned and operated business. We provide commercial and residential cleaning services, mobile auto detailing, as well as vacancy clean-out services serving within 60 miles of the Martinsburg, West Virginia area. Call us Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 p.m. at 304-268-9198. Again, that's 304-268-9198. Or check us out on Facebook, Boats and Soaps Cleaning Services. For the first time ever on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, we'll have the thrilling action of the Little League Baseball State Tournament. Makes the catch above his head for the out. Martinsburg is headed to the State Tournament of final score 4-3. to three. 
Join us July 15th through the 20th for our coverage of the area teams live from Oatsdale Park. Right here on your Eastern Panhandle Sports Leader, 106.5 FM, AM 740, and Comcast Channel 10. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix for your July 13th, 2022. Spencer, we call McLaughlin Avery Newport. Happy to have you with us. Show segment sponsored in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors. John Everson and Phil McCoy call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop at their offices right here in Martinsburg at 1270 Winchester Avenue as we uh, get ready for this last segment. Uh, I had a bunch in the third segment, but we're moving this to the fourth segment uh, the NBA released a, a press release t- style thing last night. I guess uh, they're implementing rule changes and things along those lines. Uh, one of those being uh, something that we saw a few years. Was it? They, so they started it during the bubble, yeah. like during the COVID bubble, and they will now continue permanently as the play-in tournament has been a per- is now been added as a permanent fixture to the NBA league year. Yeah. You know, I we've we've talked about it before on the show, and I think we all kind of have different opinions on it. I'm not really a huge fan of the playing tournament. I don't I don't hate it. Um, you know, I'm sure as it's now a permanent fixture in the league, I'll get used to it as time goes on. But um, you know, I think it gives other teams who might not otherwise have a chance to get into the playoffs a chance to play and a chance to say that they were a playoff team. I just don't really think it's all that desirable if you're like the ninth or tenth seed to say that you made the play-in tournament for a year. They typically have losing records. Yeah, I mean, we saw this year in the Western Conference, the two nine and ten seeded teams were the Pelicans and Spurs, who both had 36 and 34 wins. You know, those were not playoff quality teams. And uh, for what it's worth, the Pelicans gave the Suns a pretty competitive series in the first round. But I still don't think that team should have been that was in a more playoff of an position. The point that, or the reason that I don't enjoy the uh, playing tournament is because I feel like it actually tires those teams out more once they actually get into the playoffs to make it a lesser chance of them competing with those uh, one seeds or the two seeds come time. So I feel like you should just let the seven and eight guys that you know won the games have the better overall record to be in those situations yeah and the seven and eight seeds win most of the time anyway you know yeah. like they, there's plenty of playoff teams in the nba that you don't need wild cards or playing tournaments and there's there's very there very rarely are upsets that happen in the first round of yep. the nba playoffs anyway you know you, you see like there have been maybe four or five eight seed over one seed upsets in playoff history and a seven seed over a two seed upset is surprisingly enough even more rare. That hasn't happened in like fifteen years. So the odds that these teams are going to make it into the playoffs and then make a deep run once they get there are very very slim. You know the the discrepancy between the best NBA teams and the fringe playoff teams is huge. There's a huge chasm there, and um, you know I like it because it's more basketball and it's more basketball to watch. But at the same time. I don't really think it means anything towards the greater playoff picture at large. Um, so, 
you know, I think it just kind of continues the seasons of teams that probably shouldn't have their seasons continued. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that a little bit, but I think it, it adds more. I don't know the wording to put this in exactly, but it adds more. I mean, obviously, the NBA itself is needs revenue. So if you have teams, as do all leagues, but yes, but it's going to increase viewership potentially uh, for the playoffs market wise. You see, oh, there's a play in tournament. Well, you know, Nick has talked about this. The Wizards, they're a team that could make the play in tournament. They're not a team that necessarily makes the playoffs and the play in tournament. If it's a nationally televised uh, part of the event. Um, Nick just sent us an interesting text. <laughs> he did. He sent us a funny picture from the uh, from the Naismith uh, but, Museum. <laughs> but uh, if uh, if it's going to be like that, then I think that it could be good for the game in a way because you'll get it'll add a little bit to the season. It'll keep fans maybe who because in the NBA season, eighty two game season that spans from October to you know in the playoffs all the way to June. Uh, you keep some of the fans of teams engaged later on when teams are, you know, kind of there at the bottom of the playoffs. Yeah, I, I get that point. But I I think I think I agree with you in one sense that there are going to be fans that are going to show up and support no matter what. But I also think there are some fans that will think, you know, this team is in the play-in. They're not even in the playoffs yet. And if they lose, then their season's over. And it's just kind of like, well... You know, I feel like there are some fans that are going to be like, why? Why support a team that's kind of in the playoffs, but kind of also isn't in the playoffs? You know, like, we still don't really have a definition for what even a play-in team is, you know, because they're not technically play-in teams, or they're not playoff teams, excuse me. That's why um, it's the play-in. Yeah, but then it's not like a part of the regular season either, so there there needs to be a little more clarity, I think, on what the play-in constitutes like what is it you know have you still made the postseason or not is that yeah. what you're trying to say for like I, I mean, I guess, purposes or not yeah because like the play-in like for the last couple of years before it was really like a permanent fixture the plan has kind of had its own stats that are separate from playoff stats but also don't count with regular season stats so they don't count towards your win your win total in the regular season but they also don't count towards your win total in the playoffs so it's kind of like, well, what, like, is it is What is it? Yeah. Yeah. Is it, is it its own, like, separate thing? Or, like, how do you categorize it? Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I did not realize that, uh, but maybe that's Because it's not of... a wild card game like right. you see in the MLB or anything. Right, because that counts. That's a mm-hmm. part of the official playoff bracket, whereas the play-in tournament kind of isn't. It's not included in the, you know, the, the officially bracketed postseason. It, it's kind of like its own thing i don't really know what they would categorize it as so maybe that uh will be a part of this new you know permanent thing they'll they'll kind of iron out what it actually is and how it kind of fits into the season yeah that's a definitely a good point here We're ra- get starting to wrap up the show here we'll turn it over to the Nats here uh in about a minute and a half or a minute and 10 seconds or so but uh Nats currently down four nothing jesse winker just hit a solo shot uh They'll play two today as they missed last night's game. They're down 4-0 right now. Josiah Gray on the mound this afternoon, or excuse me, this evening, which will potentially join depending on how long the uh, Legion game goes. 6.05 p.m. Eric Fetty gets the start against Milan. And then uh, tomorrow they start a series with the Braves, and Anibal Sanchez will make his season debut. Uh, interesting, a cool touch. His son actually announced it yesterday oh. uh, during a uh, media session with uh, Davey Martinez. 
But that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Thanks to Chip Tobin for coming on again. American Legion baseball action as the post-14 Hornets host post-64 Potomac Valley tonight. Uh, 6 o'clock first pitch will be there for the pregame at 540. And then tomorrow we'll be back on the Sports Mix 1208. For Avery, Colin, I'm Spencer saying so long, and we'll talk to you later. (laughs) 